0: To a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind and Conversations.
1: Want to live a life of unlimited joy? Follow these simple atonement steps based on teachings from A Course in Miracles. Do try this at home. Learn how to surrender to your higher power and live to laugh about it. Through application, discover that healing and forgiveness are identical. When repressed fears rise to the surface, recognize that problems are really forgiveness opportunities. Give them to the light. Only your willingness is necessary. Our forgiveness is our healing. Our forgiveness is sent forth to bless people whose current circumstances resemble those we formerly judged. We get to see our old storylines from the Christ point of view. That's how we know we are healed. It's a miracle. It is a testimony to the love of God. There are miracle workers blessing you every day. You will be given as much help as you are willing to receive. Your part will unfold in miraculous ways that you can't plan because you can't see the whole. By allowing your mind to return to the wholeness of love, you will be available to serve the whole. You will be an instrument of blessing for the world. Wait, listen, and follow. You are on a mission from God. You cannot fail because of who is in charge. "'Only your willingness is necessary, and only what unlimited love would have you do is possible,' writes Pamela. Valeria interviews Pamela Whitman. She teaches weekly classes on the text of A Course in Miracles at Unity by the Shore in Neptune, New Jersey. She has led the daily national A Course in Miracles workbook conference call since 2013. Pamela has been a frequent guest speaker at spiritual centers since 2005. Her Miracle Revolution and Miracles radio programs were broadcast on WLFR-FM 91.7, Unity.fm, and the Himalayan Broadcasting Company in Kathmandu, Nepal, for 10 years. Pamela hosts annual retreats for learning and relaxation. She is an ordained minister of A Course in Miracles and has practiced the course since 1989. She is a concert flutist with a degree in flute performance from the University of Michigan and has been the principal flutist at the Ocean City Pops Orchestra since 1989. Pamela composes and records original music to promote inner peace. Her book, Yield to Joy, The Miraculous Power of Forgiveness, was published by DreamSculpt Waterside Productions in April 2020. It is available in paperback and ebook editions on Amazon.com. Here is the interview with Pamela Whitman.
0: In your own words, who is Pamela Whitman? Well,
2: I would say Pamela Whitman is the awareness of this very moment.
0: I love that. That's simple. Wonderful. Before we talk about some of the topics in your book, Yield to Joy, The Miraculous Power of Forgiveness, I have a few warm-up questions, as I mentioned before. So my first warm-up question is, what is life to you? It's the experience that we're having.
2: It's the opportunity to get closer and closer to God in our awareness. What do you think is the opposite
0: of life? Illusion. Oh, wow. Illusion. Yeah. Yeah, illusions. Right, right. What is the meaning of freedom to you, Pamela? Oh, now we now you're going to get
2: the very answer. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Informed <I'm> up.
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
2: okay. So I used to I remember writing down years ago in my journal that I wanted all these different kinds of freedom. I wanted creative freedom, I wanted financial freedom, all different kinds of freedom that I wanted. And now I recognize that we have free will. The only reason I believed at that time that I didn't have freedom Was because I was idolizing. I I was idolizing various things because we have the freedom to choose whether we are thinking with our higher power, which we could call the Holy Spirit, or there are a lot of different names for that higher power. You could call it the right mind. You could call it the spirit of love, uh, or whether we're thinking with the ego, which is the, the voice for fear. So when we are in idolatry, when there's something that we want more than the love of God, then we're binding ourselves to the world, and then we're going to think we're not free. And there's so much talk about freedom right now. As uh, when we're recording this talk, we're in many states having a lockdown, but I I feel completely free because I'm I'm not believing that my happiness is coming from being able to go places outside of the house, and I'm really grateful for that. I'm really grateful for my spiritual practice, because if we're seeing freedom as being getting what we think we want in the world, then we're binding ourselves to the world, then we're identifying with the world, but true freedom is our free will to choose that holy voice inside, and when we choose that holy voice inside, we will remember that God is our source, God is the source of our unlimited happiness,
0: peace, and joy. It has nothing to do with what's going on in the world. That's freedom. Wow. Yes, I love that. A question came to mind about, um, you mentioned the ego, that's the voice of fear. So I'm wondering if by listening to the holy voice inside, as you call it, we will then eliminate all kinds of fears. Is that possible? Yes, absolutely. It goes
2: back again to our willingness to train our mind to recognize that we, what we really want is that experience of the holiness, the experience of that love of God. And that takes that willingness to practice. That's why a spiritual practice is practice. And by that practice, the voice of the ego, that voice of fear is undone. And then we live in love and joy and peace.
0: That's really Wonderful to hear because it seems like we have to be reminded all the time. The logical mind needs to be reminded of that. Yeah, yes, yes, and yes. So uh, my next question is about the need, um, what the world's need at this moment. At this time, what do you think is the world's greatest need? And what is your vision for a new reality?
2: Okay, so my vision for a new reality, you know, My work and my book is about, I have a book about a book, and that is a book about A Course in Miracles. That's my spiritual path. And A Course in Miracles talks about the real world. And the real world is that world that we experience when we are living what The Course in Miracles called holy instants. And these are these moments of bliss when we're seeing through the mind of our, through our higher mind. And we have this great opportunity. We always have the opportunity, but this is this experience that we're going through globally right now. What an opportunity, because we, if we want to be happy, we have to stay in the moment. And and we've known this in, in the spiritual uh, communities. We, there's been talk about it in the spiritual communities for so long about living in the moment. Well, right now we recognize we don't know what's going to happen next. So <laughs>
0: Mm, yes, yeah, a great opportunity.
2: <laughs> it's such a wonderful opportunity to accept that. Stay in the moment. You want to be happy? Stay in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and our self is That's recognized true. in the moment. So we have this great opportunity to really embrace the truth. And when we're living in a moment of truth, in this holy moment of truth, we recognize the love in everything. So this is what what an
0: ascension opportunity we're having. I agree. We hope that everyone could can uh, recognize this um, the freedom they have already within. Right? Do you often use the word hope? Would you say faith, trust, and hope they are needed? To me, uh, you know, hope isn't you know I'm not anti hope, but hope isn't
2: a word that I just think about that much because. Trust brings us back to the moment that everything is already all right. Everything's already happening. There is a concept in the Course of Miracles that I love so much that says every situation, properly perceived, is an opportunity to heal. Every si- so this situation is an opportunity to heal. So that's the proper perception. Once again, is if, am I am I going to let that holiness within me perceive it for me? Am I going to perceive it through the lens of the ego, through fear, or am I going to let my higher mind, that surrendering to the higher mind and letting the higher mind, letting my higher self perceive it for me? So I don't have to wait for the future then. In this moment, I can let that holy self perceive it for me. And that trust, I believe that trust is identification. As I practice trusting the Holy Spirit,
0: the higher mind, I'm learning to live as the higher self. Mm. I like that, Pamela. I like the word trust. Yeah. Yeah. I remember resisting that, the word hope. And um, you said something interesting, healing. Would you say that the human experience of being a human body is the experience of healing?
2: We're here with the opportunity to heal our minds. And then, yeah. It's, it's mind healing basically. And, uh, that's what everything in our lives is giving us the opportunity. So the physical just shows us what's happening in our minds. It show, and, uh, this is something that has been really helpful to me. That what happens is in our deepest subconscious level, at the deepest subconscious level, We are one. And this is, we've been talking about this in in spiritual communities for a long time, that we're all one. We're all, but our bodies don't show us the reflection of oneness. It's at the deepest subconscious level. That's where we're all one, that light of oneness. Then above that, we have an upper subconscious level where we have these past fears that we have not resolved, these beliefs that are illusions. They're not the truth. We haven't looked at them. We haven't allowed our mind to be healed of them. So we push them down. They're fears that we haven't dealt with yet. We've pushed them down and they're just beneath the surface and they're on top of, in our psyche, they're residing on top of the truth. So we've denied the truth and we've also denied our fears. So then at the conscious level, we are on these in these bodies and you and I are having a conversation. So then what happens is because our true will is to heal, the, the light in the deepest subconscious level pushes our unhealed, our, our fear thoughts, which remember they're illusions, but they don't feel like it. That's why we push them down. Our, our light, the light within pushes those fear thoughts to the conscious level, to the bodily level, the physical level, the earth plane level. So we have the opportunity to, to see what are those thoughts that need to be healed. Now, this is the choice point here then, when they show up at the physical level, we can say, oh, all right, instead of judging it, instead of saying, all right, this is a problem, we recognize this is a healing opportunity. So, globally, we have this incredible healing opportunity right now, because this, this COVID-19 is it's, it's triggering different things for different people, but whatever it's bringing up, we can go, all right, what is this bringing up for me? And then when we recognize, but if we go into blame, that's when we're making a choice not to take the healing opportunity. And it's just going to get pushed back down again. Don't worry, it'll come up later, but it's a delay tactic. Blame is a delay tactic. Or if we don't look at it and we push it back down, it'll it'll just come up again later. So this incredible healing opportunity is when we say, all right, this is what I'm feeling. This is, but, but. I'm willing to have it healed. And so then we take those those thoughts, those emotions, and we give them to the Holy Spirit, to the higher power, whatever word works for us. We give it to the higher mind with our willingness to have it healed off of us. And that's it. That's our whole part, our willingness to have it healed, our willingness to see it differently.
0: Yeah, I love that, giving ourselves, giving this part of us that's not healed yet to the um, the higher power of the higher mind you call it and very interesting the way you said too that this is an experience of healing the mind because at the at a deeper level at all levels i actually don't believe in different levels in a way uh, we all healed there's nothing to be healed really we are perfect right that's why we're giving the illusions to the aspect of the mind that doesn't believe in the illusions But the illusions, right? There's an illusion that we are not. (laughs) Yeah, right. How interesting. Wow. (laughs) What a journey, huh? What an experience. Yeah. So would you say that fear is the opposite of love?
2: Well, it's interesting because love actually has no opposite. But so the fear, as you were saying, isn't even real. We just feel like it is. It just seems like it is. So our mind is being healed of the belief in an
0: opposite to love. I love that too. Got to use that word again. Uh, Love has no opposites. Uh, There's just love. There's nothing else. Right. Right. So I guess my next warm up question is about God. I know the word God has been interpreted by so many of us in different ways, and that has a lot to do with uh, religious organizations. Uh, so, I guess my question is: Where, what, and who is God to you? All right. Well, I had a direct experience of
2: God, so I'll just share that with you. So, what happened was I was sitting in an Indian restaurant, restaurant, and I was. It was a, at a long table where people were having various conversations, and my head was turned because I was paying attention to one conversation, and then I turned my head to pay attention to another conversation, and there was a, a, a laughing lady, and I call her the laughing lady because I don't know her name, and, and her head was tilted back, and all of a sudden, I popped out of time and space. And I was in the love of God. And it was, if you can imagine, so I lost the awareness of the world. And what, if you can imagine the time, if you remember a time in your life when you felt more, the most loved, the most loved that you've ever felt, you can just remember that for a moment and then multiply that by everyone in the world feeling that their most loved moment at the same time, and then everyone who's ever lived or who will ever live feeling that moment at the same time, and then multiply that by eternity and infinity. Wow. So there was no loss. I mean, there were no bodies. uh, There was no loss. There was boundless love, love without opposite.
0: I'm wondering if we can, um, can experience that because just by the the thought of the concept the idea of what that is um, it seems like everything disappears including our own bodies everything disappears there's just one thing so I'm just uh, yeah wondering if that is really possible beyond um, this mind mental experience because from when I try even to imagine that with Everything disappears in a way.
2: Well, so then after that experience, I started having what the course calls holy instance. And it's when uh, you are asking about a new world. And in the holy instance, I will have moments of what I call snack size experiences of that where I am aware that I'm in a body or perceiving myself to be in a body, but I'll have that boundless love of God and recognize it in a person. Or it might be someone that I, you know, an acquaintance or just someone walking down the street or in an object even, a lamp or the road or a line painted on the road. And so it's like the love of God starts breaking through the illusion. Mm. And we can have that when we're not wanting something else. So that spiritual path is a path of surrendering surrendering trying to replace the love of God with something else and so the new world is the world where we experience the love of God in everything by letting go of trying to want something else instead of that
0: so in a way it is here now the new reality the new world it's living here now it's now it's not outside of this experience which is interesting. Sometimes um, I hear that a lot about the waiting to experience something beyond the body. But yeah, it's here now. And I love what you're saying about, yeah, it's a choice. It is a choice. It's choosing love. Um, You say that God, you wrote in your book, God is not an image. God is the experience of love. Love is eternal. Do you see a difference between spirituality and religion?
2: You know, in many of the great religions, you know, I, I don't want to exclude religion because I don't want to exclude anything from the love of God. You know, I, I have done my own healing work with um, the religion of my childhood where I thought <laughs> I thought they were doing something to me. <laughs> and I realized it was a projection of my own beliefs about myself. So I don't want to hold anything apart from the love of God because that
0: just isn't true. Does that make sense? Right, it does. Yeah, very much. Um, Why do you think so many of us, so many human beings choose to believe in a God as an entity or an image outside of themselves?
2: It's a projection of what we believe about ourselves. And it's just resistance. You know, after that experience of that direct uh, encounter, that direct experience of God, I realized that it's... Everything is either the experience of the love of God or it's resistance to it.
0: Yeah, it resonates uh, very much true. Do you believe that there, we all have a, a unique gift, a mission, a purpose? Our purpose
2: is to forgive, which is the same thing as saying our purpose is to heal. So we are in the process of forgiving ourselves for believing that we separated from the love of God. By making that choice, moment by moment, to choose the love of God. That's it. It's forgiveness. So like when I was explaining giving, when we recognize I'm having an illusion. It doesn't feel like it. It feels like fear or anything in the fear column. When I, but it feels like it. Uh, that's why I'm giving it over to the Holy Spirit, the higher power to be undone. That's the purpose. It's forgiving. It's coming up forgiving it over to be undone. So to heal. Which is the same thing as to
0: forgive. Right, right. Do you believe that we all we all experience this journey differently for a reason?
2: Yes. Uh, we each have our own curriculum and it's perfectly designed for us so that we will get to have the we'll get to experience our own hidden thoughts and have
0: them undone. If there's just one the one thing, everything else is illusion, just one thing, it's love. When you speak of uh, the love of God, of God, and also uh, the higher giving to the presence of two things, how do you explain that if there's just one, there's no two?
2: Because the, that which is giving it to the Holy Spirit is the self that doesn't know that yet. Right. So it's a bridge. The Course in Miracles describes it as a bridge, that the Holy Spirit is a bridge from the self that, that Subconsciously believes itself to be separate to the self that recognizes its reality, of its
0: oneness. Oh wow. So in a way, it is the absolute communicating uh, with the relative. <laughs> it's not the other way around. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So let's talk about your work. Um, how did you become a writer, Pamela? You know, I just actually, I started
2: with radio. I had a radio show for 10 years and I was writing scripts, you know, and I forgot this, but someone posted on Facebook, a friend of mine, that I had had a dream that I was going to write a book. And so there was all the writing from the uh, radio shows and uh, through guidance. So I had that dream. And then I, someone reached out to me and uh, that I didn't know, but she knew someone that I knew and said that she lived through guidance, the Holy Spirit's guidance, which I do too, and that she was guided to contact me. She was coming to the area where I lived and that uh, we were supposed to have lunch. So I was like, okay, great, well, let's have lunch. And I had a feeling that she was going to give me a job and I didn't know what the job was. And so we had lunch and she started talking about how she wrote a book, about her father she was told to write a book about her father and that she was to uh, supposed and that she was going to be given what to say and she was not to put her thumbprint on it and then she stood up and said this isn't your new job and she gestured like she was handing me a book <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> wow <laughs> I was, okay i'm ready <laughs> If, if I was scheduled to go on a tr- on a, a couple of trips that other people had scheduled for me. They had planned them for me, and who wouldn't want to go? I mean, there were fun places. But um, every time the people, uh, every time it came up about these trips, I just had this feeling that I wasn't going. And then, and then I had the job of telling both of the people, "I'm not going on the trip because for no earth plane reason. Just I feel like I'm not supposed to go." So I canceled both both of the trips, and so I had a month free that was cleared out for me because of this. And then as I I drove my one friend to the airport, and I came back and I was like, all right, Holy Spirit, well, while I have this month off, uh, until you tell me what to do, I'll start writing the book. So I started writing the book and then I started laughing at myself. So that's what I was supposed to be doing that month. So (laughs) that's how it started.
0: (laughs) I love the way, I love your laughter and I love the way you say, yeah, giving, just you guide me giving the um, yeah the experience of healing, as we are calling it, that part that's holy, that's perfecting whole, right? What is about writing that inspires healing? Well,
2: you know, when I write, I ask the Holy Spirit to, you know, tell me
0: what to say. So it's a real communion. Yeah. I'm wondering if, if this also happens with different kinds of art, painting, singing, I think so too. Yeah. I'm a flutist and
2: I, uh, I write, uh, music for, for peace, uh, with my, uh, a co-writer, Rich Kurtz. And, you know, we'll just go in there with a, a basic uh, kind of a concept for what we want to do. And it just feels so good to let it flow through and to dedicate it always, uh, to the, the highest and ask it to come through and, it's just, it feels great letting that, that spirit of peace come through. Yeah.
0: Talk to me about the um, intention of writing your book, Yield to Joy. Uh, my intention was to let the
2: Holy Spirit come come through and uh, say what I was, uh, was supposed to say. So I really just said, you know, tell me what to write. So <laughs> go ahead and write it through me. I'm here. Got the fingers on the keyboard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love think, that. I, it yeah. did entertain me as it came through. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. Without any even any thoughts of goals and destination, that is so amazing. Um, and that is truly living in the now, right? When we can just let go of goals of results. And do you think that this is really what the experience, the true experience of healing is all about? Letting go of goals and destination? Well, that is, that is absolutely part of it. I mean, that's one of the things
2: that's taught in A Course in Miracles is to let go of our goals and um, really surrender to ask the Holy Spirit, what would you have me do? Where would you have me go? What would you have me say and to whom? You know, and that, though that if we're setting goals, then we're we're then we're thinking about ourselves basically. We're we're thinking about a separate self. We're believing in a separate self. Whereas if I'm asking if I'm asking the Holy Spirit, what would you have me do? What would you have me say? Then because that that spirit of wholeness, that spirit of holiness recognizes the oneness of all and recognizing how recognizes how everyone's life fits together. So when we're surrendering to the higher plan, I call it the universal happiness plan, then everything everything fits together perfectly. So, and I, I do write about that in the book, about how Gandhi, uh, I, I use Gandhi as an example of how Gandhi got on the, the train thinking that it was about a, a lawsuit and uh, because he was a lawyer. And then when he uh, was... He encountered racism when he was on the train, and someone uh, got on the train and saw a person in an Indian body, and they ordered him off the first class compartment. And Gandhi had a a first class ticket. He said, "No, I'm I'm not going to get out of the first class compartment." And then the police came, and then the police ordered Gandhi off of the train, and they beat him up and they insulted him. But Gandhi realized he felt upset, but then he prayed and he handed it over. And uh, then what happened is he made some friends in Standardton and they started talking about the situation of racism. And, and so then the next day he got on a bigger train and he was given a bigger platform. And when he got to his destination in South Africa, he began his movement of Satyagraha, which is love force. And how gandhi affected so many people and so when we if we look at the man on the train as a bad person we're missing the point that he was part of this plan that moved gandhi's life forward and how gandhi's teachings are then influenced martin luther king and how you know both gandhi and martin luther king's thoughts are affecting people now even though their bodies aren't here so there's a bigger plan when we turn to the holy spirit we can tap into a bigger plan that is serving the whole rather than making our little plans of what we think we need that's going to be best for us as a separate person.
0: I agree. Living life, this human experience in such a way. And I'm just wondering if this, this message has been understood and misinterpreted by some humans, where they lose their lives or they are not afraid of anything anymore and they just uh, feel like this is the plan, uh, God's plan, and they ended up actually committing suicide or putting themselves in dangerous situations. Um, I would like to understand more this the divine plan's wisdom. How do we know when we should let go of the self and give ourselves uh, completely without any fear, even if it takes uh, the, the human experience away, even if we lose the body. I guess I have to go back to the love for the self, meaning unconditional self-love or self-love. So how do we balance giving ourselves to the higher mind, uh, what we call God and the Holy Spirit. And at the same time, we hold the self with the same high standards because the self is also God.
2: Okay, so, uh, and you said if people would misinterpret it and, you know, be, believe that they were supposed to kill themselves. Okay, so the answer is always some form of peace. That's what the Course in Miracles says. And um, one thing the Course in Miracles says is that God needs teachers, not martyrs. So while we have these bodies, we use them to
0: communicate love. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yes, yeah. But in a way, Gandhi, he, he became one. He became a martyr in a way. He put his life on the line. He was, he gave himself to that point. So I did talk about that in the book too. I talked
2: about how Gandhi, he did, was always experimenting. God, Gandhi was always experimenting with different spiritual tools. And one of the things that he tried was self deprivation when he did the hunger strikes. And that Gandhi himself said that he was not a perfect master, that he was always, he would try something and he would discard it if it didn't work. And that, um, in, in Yield to Joy, I talk about how, in fact, the chapter about Gandhi is I, is called, um, well, the subtitle is, Gandhi allowed his mind to be trained. Because he would try something, and if that didn't work, he would discard it. But the thing about the um, the hunger strikes is that he would try to make people feel guilty to get them to do what he wanted. And when Osho came along, who was another spiritual teacher, he pointed that out about Gandhi. And at first, when I read that, I was like, oh, how could he say something like that about Gandhi? But then I realized it was true, that if we're trying to manipulate people to do what we want, Mm. then we're going with a self-initiated plan.
0: That's true.
2: And so that's one thing I say in yield to joy. Gandhi, if he were still alive, might say because he was always working on himself, he was always experimenting spiritually and evolving spiritually, he might
0: say uh, that martyrdom isn't good for the health. Right. Then he ended up. Yeah. Yeah. If it feels like we are manipulating or trying to change other people or even this relative reality somehow by compromising our own well-being, then, yeah, that's a sign that this is the mind that's in charge. So how did the process of writing yield to joy or change your life? And um, what were the challenges or the healing experiences you went through?
2: Well, I'll tell you, I wrote half of the book. I didn't realize it was half of the book during that month that I told you about. Then I just waited because I was like, what's supposed to happen next? I don't know. I'm not in charge. I'm I go through that following the Holy Spirit. So I waited and years passed. And then, um, I play in an orchestra in the summertime and some, there were management changes in the orchestra and my job in the orchestra started to go through changes in that, you know, the, the schedule was getting whittled down and I didn't know what was going to happen with the future of the orchestra. Now, as of now, I've been in the, in this is a job I've had for 31 years. And I started uh, just asking the Holy Spirit, you know, what would you have me do? Am I supposed to move away? What's going to happen? And uh, the first year that, that this started to happen, every morning I would ask, what do you want me to know? And I would op- open the Course in Miracles that morning. And I kept opening to the same part of the Course in Miracles, the same page. And it's a part that says, talks about leaving your needs to the Holy Spirit. And it talks about if you ask and everything that the ego tells you you need will hurt you because what it urges you again and again to get leaves you nothing or it will demand it of you. And then but then it says only the Holy Spirit knows what you need and he will give you all things that do not block the way to light. And it talks about how everything that you actually need in the world will be renewed as long as you have any need of it. So. It just kept giving me faith, and I because I, my hands were just opening to that page in the book. I kept reading it every day, and interestingly, my ministry income went up at that time, and it really compensated. I wasn't trying to, but it just compensated for what appeared to be lost in my music income. I thought this is really interesting. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that went for a couple of years. And then uh, last summer, my orchestra job went down to one day a week. And at that time, then I met a publisher and the publisher said, yeah, we want to publish your book, but it has to be twice as long. And (laughs) the funny thing is, I, I wouldn't have been able to dedicate the time to writing the second half of the book if I was... Playing my orchestra in the orchestra three nights a week and doing all those rehearsals. So, and, and the thing is, because I was still praying like, Holy Spirit, am I supposed to move to a part of the country where there's more like, you know, to California or New York where I can make more, uh, money with my music? And I just kept hearing wait and forgive. So I kept doing that. And, but I was just writing, 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 writing. So, and it, you know, there were talks about the orchestra might be folding and all this stuff. So, I I finished the book. I absolutely finished it. Finished proofing it. I was pressing save, and the phone rang. And it was one of my musician friends. And I picked up the phone, and he said, "The Lord works in mysterious ways." I said, "What do you mean?" And he said that they hired this new conductor, who was this amazing conductor. We've we've never had a conductor like this before, and uh, that he was going to be building up the orchestra again, I was like, wow, that was really interesting because I have faith that how it worked out perfectly for me, it worked out perfectly for everyone because that's just how it worked. I was like, wow. I mean, sometimes our schedule gets cleared because there's something else that we're supposed to be doing, but I had that faith to do it. So that's the story of what was happening when I was writing
0: the book. Right. I like that. Yeah, the faith and the trust. And I just wonder if for most of us, the experience will be similar or could be similar where we have this flow and we experience positive change, which in a lot of cases, uh, for some people, it's quite the opposite. They experience a lot of challenges. And that's even more amazing when they don't lose the trust, even though their life's not getting better, (laughs) Some areas. Um, but let's talk about forgiveness. What is another word for forgiveness, Pamela? Healing. They're they're identical. Yeah. And um, what comes first, self forgiveness or forgiving others?
2: You know, I, I don't think that they're uh, I I know people say one or the other, but they're it's the same thing. So once we when whatever the false belief is, once we give that over to be healed, then we recognize no one did anything to us. That's
0: <laughs> <laughs> And that is so true. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so true. Yeah. And what an amazing um, realization. Yeah, I have to use that word. It's just incredible, isn't it, when we realize that and really deeply understand that. You said in your book something very interesting to me. You said helping is not the same as being truly helpful. <laughs> Talk to me about that.
2: Okay, so it goes back to following guidance and, and not coming up with our own plans. Being truly helpful is if we have the divine guidance to offer a miracle to someone, then we do it. But if we just get our own idea of we're gonna do something for someone and it's not coming from guidance. And when we're honest, mm-hmm. we can tell the difference. Then it's coming from the ego and it's really judgment.
0: Mm, judgment. Wow. How do we manage even to begin living this human experience without judgment?
2: Judgment, uh, one
0: judgment at a time. We lay it aside. And, and
2: <laughs> you know, I like that it's really interesting. In the Course <laughs> of Miracles, he asks, how do you uh, relinquish judgment? And it's so interesting, the answer that it's given in the course, it says that you know, to be able to judge correctly, we would have to know everything that had ever happened everywhere in the world, everything happening now, and everything that's ever going to happen. So, when we're relinquishing judgment, we're actually relinquishing an illusion—an illusion of something we didn't even have <laughs> because we just right. judge. Well, like, don't, <laughs> don't judge. We can't. We have no idea. Mm.
0: We don't. <laughs> wow. That's powerful. What he just said. Yeah. That means, yeah, judging means knowing it all. Who does it? Who really knows it all? (laughs) Is that possible? I don't think so. (laughs) Um, hmm, Yes. So um, you wrote something else that was really, um, it caught my attention. You said, yielding to our resilience on spirit deepens our ability to hear and accept the eternal Truth. So when you mention the eternal truth, I have to ask the question what is the eternal truth? Love. That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for your wisdom, your wonderful presence uh, that resonates so much. Thank you. Beautiful. Oh, it was wonderful
2: having this conversation and sharing this together this time together
0: beautiful very yeah,
2: really beautiful
0: would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book before asking my final questions pamela
2: oh you know i didn't sh- i didn't pick one out <laughs> uh, you could do it now if you want to okay i have a paragraph here yes by listening to divine wisdom we receive our assignments as instruments of the universal happiness plan We don't have to know how everyone's part works together. We are only responsible for our own part. Our journey has been individually designed for the healing of our mind. As the blocks to love are removed from our awareness, the whole is uplifted.
0: Yes. Yes, 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 a thousand times. (laughs) Thank you. My final question is to you. What was the hardest lesson to learn about this human experience? So far.
2: <laughs> so I was going to say, so far, I don't know. <laughs> I would guess, I guess that I, that I'm lovable mm. because until I recognized that
0: it was difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can imagine that. And you know, I, yeah, I've been there. Um, if you knew you would leave the body soon, would you change anything about the way you live your life? make any do anything differently i would eat more chocolate <laughs> i like that <laughs> why don't you <laughs> uh is there fear some kind of fear <laughs> in getting in the way <laughs> that's cute <laughs> very cute and um yeah i have one more question what are three things about life you know for sure as of now pamela I know that we are so blessed
2: and I know that this is a gift to be able to have the opportunity to see anything that has to be undone and I am just so grateful to have the Holy Spirit right in our own minds to willing to take off any untrue thought off of our minds it's 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 fabulous I'm I'm I'm
0: just so grateful Yes, yes, and it is. So another question came to mind about beliefs. Is there a need for beliefs and even values when we are guided by the Holy Spirit? When we're guided by the Holy
2: Spirit, what happens is our value system changes because we start just valuing the love, the peace, and the joy because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of joy. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of love. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of peace. And we just start recognizing that's what we really want.
0: Yeah, it doesn't require beliefs anymore, too, right? Right. Just, uh, mm-hmm. There's no need for that. Wonderful. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Well, I have a website it's pamelawhitman.com. Thank you so much again for your wisdom and your presence, and uh, we'll talk soon. Great. Have a blessed day. You too. Thank you. Bye.
1: Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Pamela Whitman, please visit her website, PamelaWhitman.com.